Okay, we're learning Dab Samachetz, and we are starting uh, from Hachnami Mistabra, seven lines down, Samachetz and Meralf. We're in the middle of a discussion about whether the Kohanim are allowed to have Hanah from the Big Day Kuna. We know the Kohanim wear Big Day Kuna when they do the Avodah. And we know that the Gemara tells us that uh, it's very hard to be an angel, we're human beings. So how is it going to be that exactly at the second half of the Avodah we're going to take it off? So because of that, the Gemara condition in here with Gemara is referencing and maybe there's a license to continue wearing the Beit Dekuna even after the Avodah is done. Even though they're, they're holy items, maybe you're allowed to get enough from it after the Avodah finishes. And that would mean that hypothetically you're allowed to do mundane activities with them. And that's what the Gemara was trying to prove from the fact that originally in our mission it said that if the Kohen Gadol wanted, he could do the Kriya Satara and Yom Kippur in the Beit Dekuna. The Gemara was Dochel Araya, that maybe it's at least a Tzorach Avodah, it's part somewhat related to the Avodah Sayyom, but maybe a Kohen, Gadol, a Kohen can't do a regular mundane activity. So... Then we were focused on a mission that said that uh, when the Kohanim would sleep, they wouldn't sleep in their Beit Dekuna. That for sure is a, is a bizarre to the Begadim. They might pass wind when they're wearing them. But it says, it seemed to say in the Mishnah, in Tamid, that they put them under their heads. So the Gemara was saying, you see they're using them as a pillow, so you're allowed to get on off. The Gemara was saying, no, it doesn't mean under their heads. It means next to their heads. And now the Gemara continues and says, seven lines down, it's more reasonable like the defense that it's not a pillow, it's not directly under their head, but rather it's only next to their heads. Why? If you think that it really means under their heads, then that certainly should be something which is forbidden because it's an Isra of Kalim. In other words, there's shotness, there's an Isra of shotness, and the shotness might be a type of thing which is an, it's a, it's a Xerus if I guess, if, if, if one of the big is made out of shotness, that the Kohen is allowed to wear shotness. But that can, Xerus HaKasav, the Gemara is assuming, can only be in place when he's doing the Avodah. Because how does it work? It works because the mitzvah is pushes away the Isser. But that, that cannot be true after the Avodah is finished. So if you're gonna, the Kohen is going to take and make a pillow out of, his, out of his clothing, and one of his clothing, when uh, has has shatnis, that should for sure be usher because of the iser shatnis. Our discussion is that maybe the iser of the kedusha does not apply afterwards. And therefore, there's no iser for him to wear it uh, to wear it afterwards and be nana from the big day kuna. But if there's an iser shatnis, there's new random iser, the iser shatnis. So the gemara is assuming that that definitely should have precluded them from putting it under their heads. It must be it wasn't under. Their heads. Typically, the Mark Mar speaks this out. The belt. And the Gemara is assuming that the belt was Kalim. Even if you're going to tell me that you could have Hanav on the Big Dekuna, I'm signing Kalim. In this case, you're getting benefit from the Kalim, which is an Isser. The Gemara is assuming now at this point that uh, Kalim is not only Asr to wear and to be upon you, but even to lie like on a pillow of Kalim would be Asr. So if so, the Gemara is assuming that should be Asr. Now we really have to break down the Gemara. The Gemara's the thought here is very hard because there's really two Nidun, right? We're saying that there's really two issues with the Kohanim using it as pillows. The issue of that maybe these things are holy and they're not allowed to be from the holy thing. And that's where we're back and forth on whether Ninatot Malachi Asharis or not allows them to do it. But then we have another issue that Gemara is bringing up now of Kalim. Why don't we say like the same kind of Svar, So if the Torah allows the Kohen to wear a belt that's Kalim when he does the Avodah, and that's going to allow him to, to use it afterwards. It must be that for some reason, clapping the Isra of Kalim, for sure we understand that it's only when they're, allowed, when they're doing the Avodah. The Kohen wouldn't allow to be uh, randomly allowed to be wearing the Kalim afterwards. It's only in regard to the Isra of the Kedusha. The fact that these begotten are Kodesh, that maybe, maybe the Kedusha was given in a way that allowed them to be Nene because of Lunen Etal Machlechars. But the regular red natural Isra of Kalim, the Gemara is very much assuming here, which is that we won't budge from that. So if the Avnit was made of Kalayim, then for sure it can't be that it was under their head. So the Gemara is defending what we said, that the case must be that it's not under their head, it must be that it's next to their head. 
So the Gemara speaks out. We had this dispute back in the first parak. What is the Avnei? Is the Avnei made of pure linen or is it made of wool linen? So it, we know the Kohen Gadol's was shotness, but what about a Kohen Hedjim? So if you say that the regular Avnei to the Kohen Gadol, um, and the, if you say the Avnei to the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, rather, which was only special white, the Gadol on Yom Kippur, only linen was the Avnei to the Kohen Hedjim the whole year round. So that means it was only linen. It was only linen, so there's no Kalimish. If you say that the Avnit the Kohen Gadol worn in Kippur is not the same as the belt of a regular coin the whole year, meaning the belt of a coin the whole year round has wool in it, Michael Amemar, what are you going to say? If there is Kalayim, then it definitely should be Asr for it to be under their head. And again, the Gemara is therefore proving that the case must be that it was not under their head, but next to their head, and we lose the proof that you can be Nana from Big Day Kohen. So the Gemara says, maybe you're going to counter the proof, and you're going to say, Kalayim, Levishavalahu, Dasr. Who, what did the Torah say? The Torah says there's two psalms about Kalayim. In Sefer Vayikra and Sefer Tavarim. In one place it says um, that there's an Isra Levisha. And in one place we learn Loyalalach. It can't go on you. So maybe only one of those two things are also. It can't go on top of you and it can't be worn. But Batzah, it's just, just spreading it out and lying on top of it. Shari, maybe that's Mutzah. There's no Isra lying on top of Kalayim. But Tanya, but it says in the Bible, Loyalalach, it can't go on top of you. You are allowed, in fact, to spread it out. Unto you to lie upon. That's all. What's essential? Allah Rabbanan said that you're not allowed to do that. Why? You can't spread out Kalim and lie on top of it. We're scared that one of the threads of the Kalim will get wrapped around your skin. It gets wrapped around, and that's that's Then you'll be over. So even though technically you're allowed to lie on him, they said you're not allowed to. So now we're asking that Midrabanan there should be an Itzer, at least Midrabanan it should have been also for the Kohanim to put to use the the Avnate as part of their pillow. So from the fact that they did, it must be that it's not next to them. Now it's an interesting thing because sometimes we find that the Rabbanans are waved in the base of Mikdash, you know, Kohanim's reason we don't we don't necessarily impose every Durabanan. But the Gemara doesn't want to say that. Even the Gemara is asking here that if there is an Isra Midrabanan to lie on top of Shahnaiz, then it should have precluded the Kohanim from doing that. Right, think about it. He's sleeping here, right? So I guess it makes a lot more sense. Maybe in his sleep there might be one of the threads of the climb might get wrapped around his pinky or something, you know, and then he'll be over on the Isser. So the Mara says, Maybe there'll be a separation, meaning maybe it's only also if you're lying directly on top of the climb. But if, let's say, there's something between you and the climb, even though it's directly under you, that's not a problem. So maybe the Quran would do that. Rebbe said over the name of the holy tzibur in your shlime, which is a very interesting phrase here. I feel even if you have ten spreads, one on top of the other, kalaim tachlein kalaim is under them. Also, the rabbanon they said you can't sleep. In other words, the gather the how did the rabbanon do it? The rabbanon said no matter where it is, no matter whether it's directly under you, way under you, it doesn't make a difference. It's always also to sleep on top to, to lie on top of kalaim. We're always either concerned or a low plug, whatever it is. But bottom line is, is that the rabbanon you can't have kalaim under you even if it's under ten mats. So the Gemara accepts that the defense that we're saying, it's proven that the case is not that it was under their head, but rather near their head. Says the Gemara, Ravashi gives a rebuttal to the proof. Ravashi, really, it could be that it was under their head. And really, you see from here, Big Dekuna, you could have a I, what's with Kalim, Bakamasan, Kalim, Big Dekuna, Kashim, The Big Dekuna are Kashim. They're very stiff. In what way? Because we're going to learn that each thread was like six threads that were all woven together. So it was very, very thick. So since it was very thick, and was hard. The hard, a certain felt, certain material from Naresh is mutter. So what's the pshad here? So it seems that there's a lot of Rishonim 
Rashi included that learns that's dumb. On a stiff material, there's no issue of kalim, period, no matter what. Other Bishonim learned that it only means the Durabonon of lying on top of kalim doesn't apply if it's a stiff one. So here we have, you know, different, impre- different, different ideas, but it, it, like something, the expressions Bishonim, it's like not a begot if it's very hard, which is very hard because they're calling them big dekuna, right? So even if they are very hard and thick, they're still called begotten in the tire. So it seems like a hard idea, but a lot of Bishonim therefore learned that maybe it's only klapa the new Durabonon of not lying on top of it. That doesn't apply to the stiff ones. Okay, so now we want to go back to the issue of whether you're allowed to wear big dekuna when you're not doing that vote. So Tashima, big dekuna, you send the Medina also. If somebody goes out with them to the Medina, Medina means outside the base of Mikdash premises, you're doing something that's wrong. Why? What's the Isser? You're, you're treating your Mavazdim, you're treating them like big dekho. So you're not supposed to uh, wear them, you're not supposed to wear them um, uh, outside the base of Mikdash. Okay. Uva mikdash. If you're wearing them around the base of mikdash, whether you're doing avodah or not, mutter totally permitted. Because it is mutter for the kohen to benefit from the midikuhuna, even when they're not doing avodah. Shmami now we conclusively prove from the brayso that the kohenim are allowed to personally use the midikuhuna as long as they're on site. It's mutter. The one thing that we are learning is that they're not allowed to take them off site. That's already you know you're knowing the hem like a bizayim dika thing. But the gather of Lunin and Tarl Malachi Ashares allows the Kohanim to wear it around in the base of Mikdash for mundane activities. For Ektimar of Medina Lo, is it true the Kohanim are not allowed to wear it outside the base of Mikdash? For Tani, which says in a Bryce. So this Bryce says Megillah's Tani. You know, we have uh, certain days which are, which during the second base of Mikdash were joyous days. So one of them was Esam Rechamisha with Tevis. The 25th of Tevis, Yom Hargarizim. was the day of Hargarizim. What's the day of Hargarizim? To lull the Mispad, it's also to make a eulogy on that day. Yom Shabbat Shukusim is based on Al-Kidim Asraj and Mogulach River. was the day that the Kusim, remember the Kusim, they were, they were placed by Sancherev in the empty pocket of Eretz Yisrael where the ten tribes were. And they were kind of converted, kind of didn't. And they were not happy when we came back and built the second base of Mishra. They were very upset. They lobbied against it to be destroyed. And now again, this is about whatever, 40 or so years, a little bit less, 30 or so years into the second base of Mikdash when Greece defeats Persia. And now we have someone, Alexandrus Mokton, Alexander the Great, uh, who, is, who is now in control of the world. And they're trying to lobby that they should be able to destroy Arbes HaMikdash. And they were, had their own temple in, you know, in Samaria. He gave them permission. He gave them permission to destroy the second Mishnah. They came and they told Shimon HaTzadik what the time was going on. He put on the Bidekuna and he puts himself fully in them. So he went out. And he had whole delegates of the hush of a Jewish people, and they are holding torches, special lit torches. There were people coming from this side, people coming from this side. What does that mean? So it seems that Alexandra's like camp was in the middle, and the Kusim were sending delegates from one side, and the and the and the you know the rabbis were sending their delegates from the other side. So they're approaching each other from opposite ends. Until dawn, when dawn rose, and now Alexander sees them. So they said to me, "These are the bad Jews. These are the Jews who are rebelling against you." Meaning the Kusim are the good guys, and the, 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 the these are the, this is a, the delegates from the other camp who have rebelled against you. When he reached a place called Antipatris, and this was one of those places that was built. It seems at the time, at any rate, the sun is shining, and now the two groups are meeting each other. So there's this like awkward tension, and everybody sees that they're vying all for the attention of Alexander the Great. Alexander sees Shimon. He gets off the chariot and he bows. What's going on? Why, you're, you're the greatest king. You're in charge of the world. Why in the world would you be bowing right now to some simple Jew? 
So I'm laham to Musi Yakum Shazat, Menachas Afanim Beis Malchamti. I see an image of somebody who looks like this person, who who always is in front of me whenever I'm doing battle. So somehow he saw an image of Shimon Atzadik before he went out to battle. I'm laham. He said to Shimon, they said to him, Lambas, and why here? Amr, they said, after the very house that we daven always for you, Alexander, and we daven that the Greek Empire shouldn't be destroyed. What's going to happen? People do have a Zara, they should destroy this house, meaning we're loyal to you. Why would you give orders to destroy the base of Mikdash? So then, whoa, somebody is misleading me here, right? Who are these people? So Amr, lo, the Jews turn the tables. It's the Kusim are on the other side of you. Amalahem, so the, now the rabbis are slandering the kusim, and he 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 buys, he buys into it. Amalahem, I remember from do whatever you'd like. They're given in your hands. Do whatever you'd like to the kusim. Mihad nekavim they ran, they ran at their heels with plumbas on literally like they hung them from the tails of their horses. They dragged him over thorns and different places. The things at Shikila Harigrizim until they went. They reached Harigrizim. Harigrizim was was in the Samaria, and that's where the the base of Mikdash that the Kusim had built was. They totally destroyed it. They plowed it over, but they planted it with vegetables. Just as the Kusim had intended to do to our base of Mikdash. This is the twenty fifth of. Teves, and now this day became a holy, you know, a joyous day that we don't do Hasbun. So what, what do we take away from this story? We take away from this story that Shimon HaTzadik was wearing the Big Dekuna outside of the base of Mikdash. And it seems a very interesting point in the Gemara. The Gemara is not machalic in the issue between the Big Dekuna of the Kohen Gadol and a regular Kohen wearing the Big Dekuna. It seems from the Gemara that it's the same. So the Gemara answers, Maybe you could say he didn't actually wear the, the actual ones. It just means that they were such, you know, amazing looking begadim that they were new and, and, and they had all the specifics of the Big Dekuna, but they hadn't actually been consecrated yet to be Big Dekuna. We have a concept from the Pasuk and Tehillim. There are certain, you know, emergencies where it's a time to do for Hashem, so we push, push away the Torah. And this is one of those things. We knew it was very important that he show up looking like the Kohen Gadol. And therefore, we were over on the normal Israel to wear the Bittiguna outside the base of Mikdash premises. Uh, we were over on that day. Okay. Now we go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah was talking about how they brought the Sefer Torah to the Kohen Gadol to read. So it says they took it out of the shul. The Chazan gave it to the, uh, to the, 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 the Chazan gave it to the, the, like the rabbi of the shul. The, shul gave it, the rabbi of the shul gave it to the Skan. And the Skan again gave it to the Kohen Gadol. So you see, you can give cover to a Talmud even when he's in front of his rabbi, meaning there's an issue. Can someone give cover? Let's say there's like, you know, an assistant. Can you give cover to the assistant for, in, in, when he's in front of the, the higher one? So it seems like, yeah, because you're giving cover to the Skan in front of the Kohen Gadol. Right? First we're going to him and then the Kohen Gadol. So I'm rabbi, I'm going to call the Kohen Gadol. No. That's if you still want to give a random cover to the assistant. Maybe you can't. But here it's all building up to finally give the Torah to the Kohen Gadol. So that's allowed. It's just like, you know, him, 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 and finally we get to the Kohen Gadol. Says the Mishnah Kohen Gadol Omei. The Kohen Gadol would then stand and he would sound like he was sitting and then he would stand up and he would, he would receive the Torah. So Miklaus Shiyush, if we see that until that point, the Kohen Gadol was sitting down. So the Mara asked, Onan Tanah on top of the Ahmed base. In Yeshiva Ba'azara, there's an Isra to sit inside of the Azara. It seems like from Rashi, the idea is that the Pasuk always says, Lamud Lashari, top Rashi, which is an interesting Rashi because Lamud Lashari's Pasha is a din during Avoda. When you're doing Avoda, you have to be standing, you can't be sitting. That means you can never sit inside the Azara. But that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that somehow there's a din, you're never allowed to sit in the Azara, El Malchus Pes David, except it was a special din for the Malchus Pes David, Shnei Mevovah Melech Lava Vishof Nei Hashem. David had a special thing that he could sit with Nei Hashem. 
But otherwise, it was a special thing to show how chashev they were, the, the malchus based off it. But otherwise, no one else is allowed to sit in the azar. So then how is the Kohen Gadol sitting? It should be Azar. That's the question that we have. It says the Kohen Gadol stands up to take the Torah. You see he was sitting until then. And we're asking, we're challenging that there's a general Isra to sit inside of the Azar. So the Gemara says, because Amar of Chizbaz is not Amar of Chizbaz, already told us somewhere else that, that, that the Kohen Gadol here is not reading the Torah inside the Azar. He's reading it inside the Azar's Nashim, right outside the Azar. We could say that the Kohen Gadol was sitting in the Azar's Nashim here. So that doesn't have the Kedusha. That is regular Kedusha, the Harabai. It doesn't have Kedusha, Azara. So therefore, that's where he was sitting. So then it makes sense. Everything is good. Where are we quoting from? Meaning we're applying something Rav Chista said. Where did Rav Chista himself say that the Kohen Gadol is reading the Torah on Yom Kippur, not in the Azara, but in the Azra's Nashim? With the following stira, the, the kasha that we asked from a Bryce on our Mishnah. It says here in the Bryce, where would he read? It sounds like the Bryce was talking about the reading of the Kohen Gadol. That's what it sounds like. So, Anim Kippur here with the Sevatar. So, the Tanakhama says, Bazar in the Koya. Bazar Yaakov and Baharabais. No, he read in the Harabais. It says that he read in it, that was in front of the Sharamayim. So, the Pasuk here is talking about by Ezra and Nechemia. So, this is talking about when they, when they came back and right in the beginning of the second base on Mikdash. So, so Rabbi Yaakov seems to be saying, Look, you see, just as when Ezra was reading, he was reading on the Harabayas. So do we assume that the Kohen Gadol will say that, uh, that, that it was read in the same place? Now, it's not exactly the most conclusive proof. Maybe as we read it there and, 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 and we read somewhere else. But anyways, that is Rebbe Lazar and Yaakov. Rebbe Lazar and Yaakov was saying, if we see as we read, then so too we assume the Kohen Gadol. So now, what did the Tanakhama say? The Tanakhama was saying that it was Bazar. So now it's a steer to our Mishnah. The Mishnah is Mashma that what? The Kohen Gadol was sitting Wherever he was supposed to read, he was sitting because it says he stood up. And we know that you're not allowed to sit inside of the Azar. So we have a stira, right? Basically, we're getting to our same question from a different angle. What did it mean that it's in the Azara? The Azara does not mean the regular Azara that's infused with the Kedusha. It means the Azara of the women, which has the status of Harabais. So Avadab is a machlokas, Tanakam Rablazim Yaakov in the location. Rablazim Yaakov was saying was literally on the Temple Mount, whereas Whereas the Tanakama is saying it was in the courtyard. But the courtyard of the Tanakama, Rechista is telling us, was in the Ezra's Hanashim, not in the Ezra's regular of, of the men, which was infused with the Kedusha. So bottom line is, Rechista is telling us that it was not read inside of the Tzara itself. And now we understand very well why the Kohen Gadol was sitting and is only standing up now when the Torah comes to him. Okay, so now, now we go on a shtickle tangent here. We just quoted that Pasuk in Ezra where Ezra was reading. So now we quote another Pasuk here from Ezra in that parak. So the Pasuk says, Vayivarach Ezra Hashem Elokim HaGadol. The Pasuk says, Ezra blessed Hashem, the, the great Hashem. So my Gadol, what does it mean to suddenly we give this to You know, Hashem is great. What is this? We're throwing this around here. Omar Yosef Amarav Shegidlo B'Shem HaMafarshet. Ezra was Megadol. He, 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 he would praise Hashem in a way that made him great. In what way? With the Shem HaMafarsh. They said the Shem HaMafarsh here, which is the written way of pronouncing Yudke Vavke. We normally don't do that. Normally we, we have one way we pronounce it and one way that's written. But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, here Ezra in the base of Mikdash was saying Hashem's name, special thing, he was saying Hashem's name the way that it's written. He made that the brachos in the base of Mikdash, they concluded with extra brachos, meaning there's a different conclusion of the brachos in the base of Mikdash. And the Gemara has sources for this elsewhere. 
So they, what they did is that they made a special thing in the base of Mikdash, Ezra established a second base of Mikdash, and they said that we're going to finish the conclusion of Brachos with an extra, extra praises of Hashem, Baruch Hashem Yisrael, Min HaOlam, Olam, this world until the world to come as well. Okay, so we have two explanations. Either he was making, establishing the beginning of the second base of Mikdash to use the Shem HaMafarash, or he was saying the extra praises, okay, so Min HaOlam, Olam. So Amalei Abai, the Rav Yosef, Yitimah Shagil, Shem HaMafarash. Well, why, why, why is Rav Dimi saying different than Rav, right? What was wrong with Rav? Rav said, Why are you saying a different interpretation that it has to do with the uh, extra location of an Olam? So Amalei, Rav Dimi said, it can't be that he said the Shema Mepharish because ain't Om Shema Mepharish by Gvulim. We do not say the Shema Mepharish by Gvulim. Gvulim means outside the premises of the Azara, of the Kedushas Azara. So if you want to say that the Shema Mepharish Mamish in the base of Mikdash, you know, that could be done. Like the Kohen Gadol, Anyum Kippur, Bishas Vidoy, the Shema Mepharish, that we can tolerate. But Ezra here, we just established where was he? He was in the Ezra's Nashim, or he was on the Harabayas. So there's an Isra to say the Shema Mepharish outside of the Kedushas Yisrael. So there's no way that he was saying the Shema Mepharish. Must be, he wasn't doing that. He was just saying extra praises. So the Gemara says below, now we have a new question. We look at another Pasuk. And this Pasuk is in a different context. Ezra stands on the wooden tower that they had built. And the Pasuk, what does it mean? And the Pasuk goes on to say that he did something great. The Pasuk says that they, they were davening. There seems to be a great... Uh, a great day of tefillah here. And the Pasuk goes on to say, So it says that they were crying out on the, this, this wooden tower, which we assume is the same place that was mentioned before. So we assume that this is taking place not in the regular Azara. And here it says that they're doing something with, 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 with and it says that they've made Hashem great. So what, what does it mean? That they said the Shema Mepharash. So we're assuming that this second story here, this second Pasuk is also taking place outside of the Azara, and they're still saying the Shema Mepharash. So basically it's a little bit confusing because we're quoting two different stories. We first quoted the first story, it says, We're trying to say Agad over there, Rav Dimi is saying, doesn't mean you said the Shema Mepharash because you don't say the Shema Mepharash outside of the Azara itself. Now we're bringing the second story, which presumably takes place in the same location as the first story, where it says that they're davening profusely and they're referencing Hashem HaGadol. And over there, Rav Gidol said that it means to say the Shema Mepharsh. So that if we say the Shema Mepharsh could be said outside the Azara, so why can't in the first story, maybe they were said the Shema Mepharsh outside the Azara? So the Gemara says in the second story, Harasha, I saw, that is where Harasha was a special thing, that davening, we're going to see what it was in a minute. But there was a special time, it was an anomaly, or it was a Rasha, where they, where they were able to say uh, the Shema Mepharsh even outside of the Azar. So generally, Shema Mepharsh is not said outside the Azar. So going back to the first story, which was just Ezra in general, you know, establishing the second base of Mikdash, when the Pasuk says that he said the, 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 the Hashem's great name, we assume it does not mean that he said the Shema Mepharsh. We assume, therefore, if Dimi says that he just said, Baruch Hashem, okay, in the second story that we reference, where there was a special Esara and a Harash Shah and everybody's davening, and there it says that he said the Shema Gadol, there we're willing to assume it was the Shema Mepharsh. So now we want to get into what was this Harash Shah? What is the second story here where we're saying everybody agrees they said the Shema Mepharsh despite the fact that it was outside the Azar? So what is it? So we expound now the second story. My Amar, what, what are they saying? What is this Esar? What is this davening that they're doing? They say to Hashem, woe to us, woe to us. The one that destroyed our first base in Mikdash, and burned down the whole Echol. He killed all of the Tzadikim. And he caused all the exile for the Jewish people. This bad, bad entity is still with us. 
So what is it? They're talking about the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara, look at what the Yitzhahara has done. The Yitzhahara caused all the destruction. And we mamish are still full of this Yitzhahara. And what they're referencing is the Yitzhahara specifically for Avodah Zarah. They're blaming it and they're very nervous because they see that in the beginning of the second base of Mikdash here, it's still there. They still have the temptation for Avodah Zarah. It's still an issue. It's still a problem. And they're very nervous. So they're gathering together to try to get HaKadosh Baruch to remove it. Why did you give us the Yitzhar? The whole point of the Yitzhar is to get reward for overcoming it. Very famous line. We don't want it and we don't want its reward. Meaning it's too great of a challenge. We don't want, you're right, you only gave it to us. Not because we need to have it. You gave it to us because we should theoretically be Zohar to great reward for overcoming it. You know what? We're not able to do it. Please, Hashem, we don't want it. There was a, a, a note, of a piece of parchment that falls from the heaven. It says on it, MS. So Rashi learns that it's a sign from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that, you know, it's right. You know, it's a sign from HaKadosh Baruch Hu that he accepted their tefillah. That's the pshat. The chosem, the sign of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is emes. Everything about HaKadosh Baruch Hu is emes. So like everybody has a seal. So Hashem's seal is, is the word emes. So that came down from, um, from Shammai. So they have, you know, the support of Hashem. But what do they actually do? So they fasted for three days and for three nights. And suddenly the Avodah for Yitzhak was given to them. There was a fiery uh, lion that comes out. And evidently that was like some sort of form that represented the Yitzhak for Avodah And the Navi said, this is uh, right, right at the end, again, of Nevuah, the very, very last thing that the Anshei Knesset HaGadola do. Last of the Nevim. So they said to Kaiser, What you're looking at right now, this lion, this is the Yitzhahara of Avodazar. Shinemar Zosarisha. This is the, equal, the, the evil one here. So we're looking at a Pasuk in Zechariah, and it's saying that he's, he, when it says Zosarisha, he's looking at this little fiery uh, lion. So they grabbed the lion. So there's a hair that came off from the, the, the you know, the, the lion's got a lot of hair. Ramukala, and it screamed, it gave a roar. It went over 400 parts, which means the entirety of the land of Israel. So Amr, the Navi said, hey, what are we going to do with this? Like, you know, what do we do with this lion here? So maybe Hashem will have mercy on the lion. And that will mean that the type of Avodah will come back. So Amr, the Navi, the Navi said, You should throw it into some, a, a, a burning, burning pot of, of lead and cover the opening with, with seal it with lead. Because lead closes all sound. They're quoting the Pasuk in Sakhai, which we're referencing this story. This is the Ivan Vayashal They threw it into the Eifa, which is like a big Kli. They put a lead stone over the mouth. So they, they're burning up this line. So now the Ashikanes Abdullah said, Hove, we see it's an Eitz Ratzon. We see Hashem was Makabal Artfila. Now we should daven that Hashem should remove the Eitz Sahara for Arias as well. So it was given to them. So there was taken away all taiva for Gila Rai. So Amr Lahu, then the 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 for 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 Gila Rai said to them, if you would kill me, the world will be totally destroyed. No one will populate, no one will procreate, procreate, and the world will stop to be. They put him in jail. They put the Avodizara for Arias in jail. They, they, they tried to find new a new egg. Throughout the whole land, they couldn't find any egg, meaning even the, even the roosters and the chickens were not mating. So, what are we going to do? Nikdal, if we, if we try to kill it, Kaliyama, we see the world's going to end. If no one procreates, this is the end. Even the chickens aren't laying eggs. 
Maybe we should say that, you know, half of it should go away, meaning that we, it should be like, it should be minimal. We should have the taiva, but it should be minimal. But we have a concept that Hashem doesn't work in halves. Right? Hashem either it is there or it's not there. There's no concept of half. So what are we going to do? So they just blinded it and they, and they gave it away. So what does that mean? Rashi says they stuck some sort of like something in its eyes that blinded it a little bit. So what did that accomplish? Made that people don't have a taiva for their relatives. So this is before that it seemed that there was a taiva even for relatives. And now that was removed. That was the one effect that they had. But uh, from, by and large, that taiva for Kriki that riots still remain. All right. Now the Gemara gives us a whole different story about what happened. In the West, in Eretzel, they said a different shot in, in what they were davening for. What does it mean, Gadol? That they said the Shema Farsh. That they said the phrase, And that was something which evidently had been removed, we'll see, and they reinstituted it. Father Ramasa said, goes together with Rabbi Levi said. What's Pshat in the name Anche Knesset Hagdola? What makes them great? Because they restored the covet of Hashem. They brought back the crown of Hashem. In what way? Also, Moshe said, It's in the Pasuk. Pasuk in Parshas Ekev. That's the description of Hashem. Also, Yirmiya Amar, Nachem Look, Nachem are just walking all around the, the base of Mikdash. I know also. Hashem doesn't seem awesome. Lo Amar So he takes out the word of describing Hashem as awesome. Again, the idea isn't that Hashem changed, but that we don't perceive his awesomeness anymore. So therefore, if we don't perceive it, then we don't praise him for that. Also, Daniel Amar, Nachem Look, I don't understand what's going on. Uh, we, we're totally mishubed to Shivan Malchus. It's interesting to think how this happens. Daniel didn't live at a time of such persecution. But he saw that they were totally meshubed to, 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 to Babel and to Persia. So what's going to be? So I grew up, where is Hashem's Gibor? He didn't say Gibor. Asinu Amru said, Adaraba, Zui Gibor, just that contrary. This is the greatness of Hashem, Shokovish Yitzro. He holds back all of what he wants to do. He's patient, he's Arachapaim with Rasham. And this is his awesomeness. Because if not for the awe that the nation, of, of the nations for Hashem, how could it be that this one little small nation would be around? Meaning everybody's Lamaisa is scared of us on some level. So they reinstituted it to say, Gibor Vahanor. So therefore they're called Anche Knesset Agadola. By the way, it's such a strong question from the Svat Samus. Really, there were three things Agadol, Gibor, and Nora. Those are the three things. What happened was Yirmi and Daniel took away what? Nora and, and, and Gibor. The one that actually was being said is God. And Ashik and Asagadola come and they reinstitute what? To say Gibor and Nora. And therefore we call them Ashik and Hagdola. That's the only one that was actually still being said. They didn't return the God. The, 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 the so an interesting question. Okay. Says the Gemara of Rabbana, How did Yirmiyah and Daniel take away something that Moshe Rabbeinu did? So Everything about Kodesh Baruch was imiti. Right, we mentioned that, that that's his seal. He doesn't like anything false. If he goes, we're not going to say false things. And that's a very interesting idea. It would be something false to say about a Kaddish Baruch who's something that we can't perceive. If we can't perceive his Gvura and his Naira, then we can't say it. Okay, right. Now, what did we say? So we said here in the Mishnah that the Kohen Gadol has a Sefer Torah, and he reads two portions. He reads from Achrimais and from Emmer. So the Gemara says, or Minu, is it true that you're allowed to do that? You're allowed to skip around in the Torah? It says, In, in Nevi'im, when you're reading Haftarah, you're allowed to skip around from one section to another. When you're reading the Torah, you're not allowed to. 
It has to be just straight because part of the idea is that people can't get the wrong interpretation, the wrong, the wrong misunderstandings here that maybe, you know, they're together or that the Torah, Sefer Torah is missing. So you can't skip around when you're reading the Torah. So how could the Kohen Galil do that? How is he skipping from Parshas Achri most of Parshas Emma? So Mar says, Lokash, It depends how much the delay is. Remember, after you would read, there was a translation, right? That was, someone would read in Hebrew, and then Maturgamon would translate in Aramaic for the people. So if you're skipping very small amount, like here at the Kohen Gadol, just from Akramos to Emar, which is very short, so he could skip in the time that the Maturgamon is translated. So nobody notices. Nobody notices that's allowed. You're allowed to skip in the Torah. But if it's going to be a longer break, where it's going to be like an awkward pause, and people will be like, what's going on? There, you're not allowed it. So in our Mishnah, it's a very short thing. The Kohen Gadol was able to do it. Says the Gemara, that's not true. On that thing, on that Mishnah, it says, and then it says, even though they were saying you could skip around the Navi, how much could you skip it around? Even when we say you can skip in the Navi, it's only a short amount that no one's going to notice because the Metorgamon is translating. Now, if that means even in the Navi, when you have the permit to skip around, it's only and no one will notice, then the implication is that Torah, it must be that Torah is also, even because or else what's the difference between Torah and Navi? So now our, our answer falls away. We see that it's also to skip in the Torah even a very short amount, even so therefore we see it's, that's Osir. So now going back to our case and going on Yom Kippur, it should be Osir for him to skip around, even just from Achrimos to Parshas Amar. So now we need a new answer. How is the Kohen Gadol allowed to do this? Omar Abai Lokasha, it's not a question. When we're talking about one topic, in our Mishnah where you're skipping from topic to topic, in other words, within the same topic, it's both about Yom Kippur, it's close enough. Again, you have both variables. It's close enough, nobody's going to notice because of the metorgament. It's still translating. And you're not skipping to something else. You're skipping in one topic itself. Then it is mutter. That's Ben Yanachad. The Mishnah Megillah says you're not allowed to skip is Mishnah Yanim. From different topics, it's Usr. So what's the Pshat? You have to, because the, the, the idea is it makes it hard for a person who's at Kriya Satora to fully get it. There's a different din. One is that someone should think there's something wrong with the Sefer Torah or whatever. But there's another din. Don't go from topic to topic. You have to, you know, uh, you, you, have to, you have to be able to, 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 to think about what was just read when you have Kriya Satora. It's meant to instruct the people. So if you skip from topic to topic, that's no good. So therefore, what are we coming out? If it's one topic and the, the break is not that long, in the Torah, you're allowed to do it. In the Navi, as long as the break is not that long, you're allowed to go from one topic to another topic. Because Navi is just stories. But in the Torah, where it's dinim and things that the people are meant to absorb, if they're meant to absorb it, you can't skip from topic to topic. There's one halacha that we do all the time that's based upon this gemara, a fast day. The leaning of the fast day, psol by a Moshe, we a skip. But like, that's again, it's a short skip. Nobody notices. It's just from one column to the next, that's fine. And it's the same topic. So that's allowed to be used. That's what the coin Dal did in Yom Kippur. And the Gemara supports this. Vatanya says this way in a Because it says, You're skip the Torah from one section to another. Um, as long as it's in Yon Echad, one general topic. You're allowed to even do two different topics. But it has to be that it's such a short that nobody's going to notice. Another rule is that from one book of Navi to a different book, you're never allowed to skip. That's too confusing. Even if it's very short, you're never allowed to do that. But within Treyasar, Treyasar is like in a way, it, it, it's different small books, but since they're so short, then it's considered basically to be one big book, which is a very interesting psaac. Mishnah Bru already says it has a din of one big safer of Navi. So therefore, you're allowed to skip from one Navi to the other. But not from the end of one to the beginning. In other words, never go backwards. You're not allowed to go backwards. But as long as you're going from, from skipping ahead, that's allowed. So bottom line is, the Kohen Gadol here is allowed to do uh, to read from both Achrimos and Emar Anim Kippur. 
it's inyan echad, but we're talking about that's allowed. Interestingly enough, today on Yom Kippur, we don't do that. Today on Yom Kippur, we don't read from Akhremos. We don't read from uh, MRA.